Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kurere Podcast. In today's episode, we interviewed Itofa Ivara, who is a development consultant. His work intersects between designing education intervention for marginalized children and rehabilitating internally displaced persons in Nigeria. Itofa is also the founder of My Niger Food Bank Initiative and Church on the Street, where he has raised over $16,000 for community impact projects in Nigeria. Itofa is the recipient of the Oxfam Hunger Heroes Award for his contribution to tackling food insecurity in Nigeria. Itofa's story is really interesting and his journey into the social impact and development world is even more interesting. So I hope that you learn from his story today and you understand how he got to where he is. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you. My name is Ivara Itofa and you're listening to Kurere Podcast. Hi Itofa, thank you very much for joining us today. Welcome to the Kurere Podcast. We're very excited to speak to you, to learn more about you, your work and the impact that you have made. But yeah, we'll start off with our first question, which we ask all our guests. And that is, could you tell us about yourself, your journey, what drives you and what has led you down this path of social impact and development? Thank you very, very much, Chizulu. Um, Atoshi, good evening again. Great honor to be here today. So my name is Ito Farivara. I'm a non-profit management consultant by day. Um, one of my passion really is to see how I could just change the lives of children in some of the most underserved communities in Nigeria. That's been my dream since I was probably like 16 years old. Um, I've had that dream in my heart that, you know, one day I'm, I'm going to build food banks. I'm going to give kids. I'm going to build a free school for children across, uh, you know, Africa and the global South. That's been my passion. But what really delved me into social impact and, you know, championing zero hunger and working to reduce poverty in Nigeria is actually my story growing up as a kid. I was not born into opulence. I was one of those kids that you would call just blessed, blessed. I don't use the word lucky, but I was really blessed. Irrespective of the fact that I didn't have the most smooth experience growing up as a kid, one of the things I, I knew I enjoyed was access to education. My parents prioritized it, even though they didn't have a lot. It was education was so prioritized in my family and it kind of expanded my horizon to possibilities around what I could become and what, what I could do in my community. So I went from being a kid who was hungry as a child to feeding hungry children today. I went from a kid who was out of school because I couldn't afford tuition to being the kid who was building schools today to give girls in some of the most remote communities in Nigeria access to education so if you ask me you know i'm just the guy who, who god really just changed his story i love that and i think your story is really inspiring i've been following you on linkedin for a while and hearing about your journey into social impact into creating your two organizations church on the street and my niger food bank was very interesting for me so i know about it but could you tell our listeners a bit more about how you started church on the street and my niger food bank all right i'm like this is like church and street and my niger food bank are like my babies every time i get an opportunity to talk about them very excited church on the street started in my second year at the University of Benin, Nigeria. My dream was to become a medical doctor. I wanted to become a doctor, you know, Dr. Itofa. Ah, he was <laughs> entering. So that was the goal. Become a medical doctor, make some dollars, you know, marry a beautiful wife. You know, that kind of, that was the goal. That was the dream. But trust me, God had other plans. I ended up not getting medicine at the University of Benin. Guess what? I was, they threw me to the Faculty of Education. Oh, education. Wow. That was where, you That's know, great. I started education, you know. So, but what I never understood was the fact that I was working on a script that had already been written before me, right? And my my dream and my passion, even though I was growing up as a kid, was, you know, to build schools, you know, feed children, get kids back into the, into into a better life. So when I was getting to university my second year, this passion was burning. It was so, was it kept burning. And I was lucky to meet a couple of my friends who we used to study together. And I said to them, look, you know what? What if we can do X, Y, Z? Like go to schools, go to orphanage homes. We didn't have money at that time. We didn't even know what fundraising was. We didn't even understand that there was, there was an economy called the social entrepreneurship economy. We didn't even understand that there's what you call non-profit. I had zero, zero knowledge about these things but for some reason there was something on my inside that was talking me and pulling me towards this path of sustainability and zero hunger and you know tackling poverty long story court short 16th of june 2018 we founded church on the street myself four friends and four thousand hour um for those people who are not in nigeria four thousand hour is less than ten dollars today that's what we started church on the street with but i had a vision i had a dream that a day will come where the solutions that we're preferring to economies or to communities that were not very very you know advantage 
change. It will be stories I will share on global platforms. I had a dream that I would share these same stories on, on a TEDx stage. I had dreams that I would share this story on platforms like the UN SDGs. I had these stories that I would speak to Oxfam and all these things. But it started with 4,000 Naira, four friends, and a very big dream that we could change the world. And that was how we started Church on the Street. And we, without any experience, I started learning on the job. Today, I speak to you four years later. We've raised over $12,000 in funding. We currently have over a thousand volunteers in the organization. By the grace of God, spoken at the Global Food Bank Council in Ireland, spoken on in TEDx stage, gotten awarded by Oxfam. God takes all the glory, you know, but that's like where we started from. That was my cradle and my little beginning. Oh my gosh, I'm already thinking of a line for the article that we're going to like publish on our website. And that's from 4,000 Naira and four friends and a big dream to $12,000 and over 10, over 1,000 or 10,000 volunteers. And yeah, like- I didn't add that. I didn't add that. We're currently serving 8,000 families in Nigeria. Wow. Okay, you see, I love that you just, you you started with basically no knowledge of it and you didn't think, oh, let me learn about this a bit. Let me learn about this a bit. You didn't keep pushing mm. and thinking that, okay, this is not something that I can achieve because I don't have the background. I don't have the knowledge, but you just had dream. And as you said, that voice nudging you on and saying that this is something that mm. you do to help people. So I love your story. And I think that it will definitely inspire a listener somewhere who is probably in the same shoes as you, who thinks that, okay, I don't have a lot, or I have this passion to help people Mm. to make a change. So thank you very much for telling us about that. And, you know, we are, I already know like a bit about the mission and vision of Church on the Streets and my Niger Food Bank. You stated it a bit more. So if you'd like, you could tell us a bit about like what your goals are. But then I would Mm. also like to ask you a question, which raises a few like question marks for like people that have been on the podcast in the past. And as I always say, we don't use, we don't do failure here. We don't, Mm. we don't describe anything as failure. We could say it's a setback or it's a learning experience. Yeah, (laughs) we don't say failure. We don't say regrets. So after you tell us a bit about the mission and vision of your two organizations, we'd like to know what is that your greatest like learning experience or setback that you've Mm. you've had as you started and run these organizations and how how did you solve or react to it? Thank you very much, Isolo. First of all, our mission at Church Institute is very, very simple. We want to be able to give food to children, hungry children. We also want to be able to support female entrepreneurs who are living in rural communities. Chisel, you, you'll be stunned at what 20,000 are, probably like 10 them, let's say $50, $100 can do for a family. Mm-hmm. Literally transform a family. There are families right now, as I speak to you in Benue State, Nigeria, who on a daily basis, they don't know where their next meal will come from. Just in November, I was in Benue State for the IDP project that we had. Um, For people who don't know what IDP is, IDP are like internally displaced persons. There are currently 11,000 IDP dwellers in Benue state who are victims of Boko Haram and Fulani headsmen. They've lost families, loved ones, their homes, and they were living in makeshift tents. Just today, we're doing the analysis and over 26,000 people have watched our documentary that we published just a couple of weeks ago um, yeah. on YouTube and Instagram. And here's the interesting thing. Our mission is to be able to reach those families like that. I remember Mrs. Vivian's story. There, There's the, there's the twins in the IDP camp who are six months old. We're chronically malnourished and at the verge of dying. We're set up as an organization at Church on the Street to reach babies like Joseph and Jonathan at the IDP camp. You know, there are tons of stories. I hope there are times I can share stories as we move on. So our mission is to serve communities, empower communities to become self-sustaining, provide access to education for children in remote communities. And finally, why faith-based nonprofit to also provide and share the gospel of Jesus to communities in these um, places. And then my Niger Food Bank, our mission is very simple. In July 2022, having done Church on the Street for four years, I realized that, look, there was a connecting dot between malnutrition and the retention rate of children in rural schools. We realized that children were not staying in schools because they were hungry. Is it possible that if we solve the problem of ensuring these kids don't have to walk long distances, for instance, now just to go and sell something or just to go and help their mother hawk something, they could come to school and have access to meal. Is it possible that if we close that gap, more children will stay in school, numeracy and literacy will increase, and the dreams will become valid? What about the girls who have to walk long distance to go and get water? Is it possible that if we do plain pipe bomb water in their community, we could close that gap? And these girls, rather than going long distances in Benway State or in Ibadan or in Ekiti, going to walk long distances they could just get water immediately and come to school and so our mission is to you know provide food be the first we became the first mobile food bank in nigeria that is serving local schools across nigeria so we identify schools who are who we know that they are very disadvantaged and in some of the most remote communities and we put them under our meal our school meal plan and we provide food for the children and we've seen that there's such a dramatic increase of performance retention rate there is now an association of look in school i'll get food so i'm excited to go to school what's happening is that we're increasing the retention rate of children in school from 19.3% that was in 2021 to 39% in 
9.2% as of 2020-23. So that's pretty much what, what our mission is and that's what we're trying to do and we trust God that in the future we'll be able to reach more children, hopefully serving millions of children and have a chain of food bank and build multiple schools across Nigeria, you know, in the future. Thank you very much, Etofa. And, you know, I, I always try to like take, well, not notes, but I try to jot things down when I do these interviews. And something that you said, like, it has like three exclamation marks next to it, is that your organizations ensure that these communities are self-sustaining. And, you know, it's, I don't know about now, but at some point it would have been common practice for nonprofits to go to these communities to do maybe like a one-off, a one-off event or activity and then leave and then never come back. And then and the communities go right back to stage one. So I think it's really important the work that you're doing, that you're ensuring that, yes, we're helping these people through our events, uh, our uh, activities, uh, through our outreaches. And we're trying to make sure that when we leave, they can continue to, to live a sustainable life, to live a, a good life, basically. So I think that that's really important. And another thing you said, which I think is also, I've said important a lot, but yes, I think it's important, is how you started my Niger Food Bank. And it's interesting that and I think this is something that every like young founder of an impact project should keep in mind they should always assess the work that they're doing and you assess the work that you were doing with church on the street and you say okay this is a gap and church on the street might not be able to fill this gap why not create another organization that can do that and your work is all connected you're, you're doing your work with church on the street but with my my Niger food bank it's sort of adding on to the work that you're doing and it's ensuring that it's still connected to like the aim of church on the streets of ensuring that education is accessible to young young children so yes i have to give you like props for the work that you're doing and the numbers you gave me were like outstanding so it also shows that like the small things that you do really do add up and really do make a difference so thank you for that okay my next question was actually on your biggest setback so if you could just tell us a bit about that all right, thank you, Chisalu. So um, here's the interesting thing. You know, when you talk about sustainability, I think that's one of the things that's stopping a lot of people from starting out. I mentioned earlier when I started that I had no prior knowledge of running or even I didn't even know there was something called nonprofit. Yeah. I'd never heard the term NGO in my life, but I knew there was a burning passion in my spirit and something was galvanizing me to want to go and help communities, right? So in terms of setback, money was a problem. Chisalu, I hate asking people for money. I don't know how to tell somebody, please give me money to go and pay somebody's tuition or give Give me money to go and uh, I, I don't know how to do to do that so it was a huge struggle I had to learn to ask and trust me when we started we were not registered as an org corporate organization we didn't have a corporate bank account it was just me and a bunch of people who just had passion but guess what what happened a lot of people would want to say look you guys are doing incredible stuff but forget that's how people used to say they want to do NGO they'll be eating people's money I'm sorry I can't help you we got a ton of no's from so many people and at some point I kind of felt like gosh how, how are we going to even achieve this thing we want to do mm -hmm. but then I learned the power of persistence right so in the very first place, a lot of people did not believe that what I was doing was valid. What I was doing was feasible. What I was doing was even going to make sense. Even me, I didn't believe what I was doing was going to make sense. <laughs> you know how they say a one-eyed man in the land of the blind is something, something, something. I didn't even know where I was going to, but I was leading people that look, but we'll change the world. We'll do X, Y, Z, yada, 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 and all that stuff, right? So the biggest challenge I had was how to raise money. It was a big problem because we needed money to, to support community. We needed money to give grants. We needed money to do a lot of stuff. And it was such a rough thing phase but guess what i learned the power of the good ask i learned the power of persistence i learned the power of learning how to communicate your vision until your vision consumes you as a founder mm -hmm. i'm telling you no you can't nobody would believe what you're doing mm -hmm. there were so many people i thought that look i have i know a lot of people who give me money like if i share this idea i'll get a check of one thousand dollars here one thousand pounds chisel nobody they did not even they say well done god bless the works of your hand that was all they said to me yeah. they didn't help me and i was upset for a very long time until one one day, you know, I'm a Christian, a very firm faith believer, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Look, Itofa, if I needed them to help you, they, they, they wouldn't have had any choice. But look at how far you've come without their help. So I just want to put the caveat that look, you may not have all the skill set yet. You may not even understand what self sustainability is, like Chisel talks about. But look, if you want to start something, please go ahead and start. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And, you know, like when you said that you don't uh, like asking for money and just 
it rang true because I am also in that boat. I just I don't know I don't know what the problem is, but I feel uncomfortable asking for like it's it's different if it's like you know a grant application or something like that. But going to sell a story to someone, it's it's a bit more difficult. So I I totally get where you are coming from on that on that note. But I also love how you you're still encouraging people to be persistent. And another thing that you said that really stood out to me was the fact that like you have to believe in your vision and if you don't if you don't believe in what you are fighting for what you are working towards like no one else will you will not be able to convince anyone of it so i think that that's another really important thing for young people to to notice even beyond like social impact work in anything you're doing if you don't believe in it like no one will believe in it and you know when you were talking about how like you were not comfortable like asking people for money it reminded me of like a conversation i had with another young person in the impact industry and she said that like she like you have to be confident in asking for things and i totally agree with that because to be honest if you ask the worst thing that will happen is that someone will say no and no can't kill you so i think that it's very important as you said to be persistent and to just keep trying and no matter like the responses you get just keep keep it keep it pushing i guess but yeah thank you very much absolutely absolutely yeah and like now we're talking about like your sort of biggest setback and i know that from what you've said you've achieved a lot through these two organizations you've helped so many people but in all these things that you've been able to achieve and in all these people you've been able to help what would you say has been like your biggest success as a founder of church on the street and my niger food bank there's so many stories um Chizulu. like I, there's like a plethora of stories every year it just keeps getting better and you know the interesting thing is that when i started out as church on the street i didn't start out to be this guy who would eventually become would start a a consulting practice by the side who mm-hmm. gave you opportunity to travel to all these spaces and speak on all in all these spaces and meet all these people that was never in the picture i didn't even know that stuff like that even could happen my greatest achievement would be the people that every day we get to see smiles on their faces the practical example i'm going to share with you we have the story of mrs Ephion, one of the mothers first met in benin city she was a homeless woman in benin city who had like six children and we heard her story and it was so captivating that a woman who is supposed to be so disadvantaged had such great resilience she's a this woman was homeless with six children but every single night she would you know beg during the day the seed capital she raises she uses it to buy polythene bags and sells them at night to provide dinner for her children and also ensure that she tries to pay tuition for the kids and because I had learned the ethics of storytelling I asked myself how do we amplify this woman's strength when we tell her story that's something a lot of non-profits do not understand they keep you know they keep you know dehumanizing their beneficiaries we said how do we tell her story in such an incredible way that would inspire people that look beyond just being a homeless woman there's also a story to her life i kid you not in less than a week we raised over half more than half a million naira for her wow. we got her a new apartment we got her new bedding we got her kids back into school we got her groceries stationaries we took her children clothing shopping her whole documentaries on youtube and i look at her before and, and her after and i just ask myself what if there was no church industry mm-hmm. and so when you ask me what's my greatest achievement it's the fact that we could have an incredible avenue like church industry that could literally take people's story from one point and give them a whole 360 turn around you know and just also govern as a community around ourselves to lead change all the monies that we gave them wasn't my money it was people from america people from nigeria people in the university of lagos people in the university of ibadan how can we be a part of our story and collectively we could change our life for me that's the greatest achievement to create a system and a platform where everybody can put religion race ge- geographical location aside and come together collectively to be a blessing to somebody that's my greatest achievement Chizulu. yeah yeah that's uh, that's amazing that's an amazing story as well and like you said like imagine if there was no church on the streets what would have happened like would would this woman have gained all that she did would her life have turned around would have cho- would her children have gone back to school and you know in the future these children would would become you know would be able to create change themselves because of the impact that you made in their lives so i think that again the work that you are doing is definitely commendable and more than commendable even it's, it's amazing to see the impact that you're creating again from something that started with just four thousand naira less than ten dollars and just four friends thinking okay what what can we do to make a change so again i really commend you <laughs> but thank you very much you're welcome. <laughs> well, uh, we've spoken about your success your setbacks is there anything that you wish you had known when you mm. first started church on the street mm. because okay i know that mm. church it started before my niger food bank so what advice yeah. do you give to like it so far who was in the second year of university 
university, speaking with mm-hmm. his friends and saying, okay, why don't we start this organization? If there was anything I could tell Itofa back then, um, University of Benin, Faculty of Pharmacy, 12 a.m. midnight, <laughs> preparing for psychology exam. Because that was the whole scenario when we had this conversation. Oh. Preparing for psychology exam, 12 a.m., you know, in 200 level. I would say to, I would say to Itofa, I say, young man, look, 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 look. <laughs> First of all, what you're about to do will not just change your life, but thousands of other people. So do not compare. Do not put your hope on any man. Work on increasing your capacity, understanding the, the depth of the problem you're trying to solve. It's one thing to try to solve a problem on the premise of the emotional and empathic and on an empathic carriage and than solving the problem based on understanding a clear core theory of change, right? I mean, people, people don't understand what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, look, don't solve the problem based on emotion so far. Try to understand the problem. Build a capacity to solve that problem. And yeah. do not look for, don't try to look for, look at Mr. A or Mr. B, what they are trying to do and how they are discouraging you. Just focus on getting the work done. In getting the work done, in showing up on the days you didn't feel like it. She's look, there were days, there, so Church on the Street started off at the University of Benin, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we have a team in Benin City. But as I speak to you now, we've been able to spread like a franchise into 11 states in Nigeria, right? So there are states in Nigeria that I've never been to, but we've been able to work with the communities um, and design sustainable projects in those communities. So in my 200 level, when we started, a practical example on why this question you asked is very important and why anybody who is in their startup phase should not give up. Chizulu, we're trying to do a project and the goal of the project was we wanted to do um, help girls in JOS because we had just launched a team in JOS. We had a team of volunteers. And so we wanted to talk to the girls in high school, especially public high school on career development, leadership, mm-hmm. um, just teach them things out and honestly empower them to want to be able to go out into the world and voraciously create indelible impacts that will change the ecosystem of where they were. And our goal, we wanted to raise 10K, we couldn't raise 10,000 naira. Now 10,000 naira is, again, is less than $20, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Look, Chizulu, we struggled to raise 3,000 naira. 3,000 naira again is less than $10. Mm-hmm. It was a hustle. It was a hassle. Now, at that time, I told you earlier that I didn't come out, come out of opulence. The economy where I was coming from, you know, it was it was pretty rough. Yeah. My parents had sent me 1,000 naira um, as part of my, I think, semester money. I took 3,000 naira out of that semester money and sent it to the team in Joss just so they could get stationaries, pencils and pens because that was all we could afford to give to the girls to let them know that we believed in them. Those seasons and those experiences when we're asking people to support us to reach out to girls in Joss and nobody was helping us and kind of felt what we we're doing was stupid. I could have given up and I could have stopped and I could have handed in the towel. But I said to myself, this course we're doing is important. This thing we're doing is important. Look, I said earlier that if your vision doesn't consume you, nobody will believe you. Nobody will be able to write you a check of $1,000 or even write you a check of $10,000 tomorrow. You must have what you call sweat equity and doing in having sweat equity, build social capital to prove the work of what you're doing. So when we're doing jobs, I didn't know a time would come when these same stories I would eventually share it on global stages like TEDx or even speak at the Global Food Bank Council or talk to the guys at the United Nations eventually. So even those 3,000 hour story was important for us to experience it. So I would say to look, just build capacity, understand the terrain you're about to go on and don't even look back. Just keep going mm, yeah so i think what you said like i picked many points from what you said first off do not compare as young people i think it's inevitable that we find ourselves looking at what other people like us are doing and if we've sort of reached their level or gotten to their level so the fact that one of the advice like you're giving your younger self is do not compare is extremely important and another thing you said was like do not put your hope on any man which snaps fingers i think like in this world the only person you can trust is really yourself so it's very important that you stated that for any young person who feels like okay they're relying on someone to do something for them it's always good again to have a backup plan so that's a really important point as well and then you also said always go back to the cause and the like any anybody that hasn't been that has been in like the impact social impact and international development world especially as a young person should know how difficult the road or the the path to whatever you're trying to achieve is youth-led organizations are one of the least funded organizations that there will be a lot of bias there will be a lot of organizations putting youth in their own organizations basically for optics there'll be a lot of naysayers saying there's no way that you can achieve this so i love that you said you should always go back to the cause so for any young person listening i hope that whenever they feel like okay i don't think i can continue with this or i'm i'm struggling a bit i hope that they remember that they can always go back and think about what they're trying to achieve and hopefully that will like propel them and help them to become 
better, I guess, to to keep going, to keep pushing, to keep moving forward towards their goal. And then you Absolutely. also said, and yeah, yeah. And then you also said one last thing. I'm sorry, I, I was noting like everything down that you said because I think that you made a very, very important point. You said something about building your capacity. And you know, we spoke earlier about how you started off with no knowledge. And that's good. Start off with the little knowledge that you have. But as you go on, you also need to build your capacity and your knowledge bank and your understanding yeah. of the cause that you're trying to, to push or you're trying to... Or the goal that you're trying to achieve so i really like that you said i feel like that's really under like an underestimated thing building your capacity Mm. and trying to understand how your your idea your projects could be better could help people more could help beneficiaries more is so important so and i and then again another thing is that like when you build your capacity it would also sort of give you some leverage when you reach out to people concerning your organization because they would know that okay this person has an understanding of this cause or this issue mm. that they're trying to achieve so thank you very much for that answer i think i've i've picked up a lot of things as well thank you Chizlo. so we've spoken a bit about church on the street we've spoken about my niger food bank and you mentioned something that I think I would like you to speak more about, which is about your documentary that you had done. And I know that this yeah. is a new documentary you've done. You, you, yes. Your YouTube channel has a few videos I've seen, but could you just tell us why you thought maybe doing documentaries would be the best form of storytelling for the work that you do with your two organizations? Interesting. You know, while I was preparing for this podcast, I was actually preparing like a tweet I was going to send out to talk about how we've been able to amass 26,000 views and this, the idea was very simple. We wanted to create awareness about the struggles people were going through at the IGP camp. And we knew that we could come and turn out figures of people. But if people don't have a first-hand experience and carry them through an emotional ride of what it really is, nobody may really understand. We also wanted to be able to see how can we begin to collaborate with government to see how we could enforce policy. Because what's going on right now in that state is terrible. And so awareness and also policy reform and then raise funds for rehabilitation of the community. So these three things were the things we really wanted to do. So we felt that documentary was the best strategy and it was a huge investment, you know, getting a drone to tell, drafting out the script, going from door to door. We, you know, we spent a couple of days in the most in not so convenient condition in the States just to be able to go from door to door to hear the real first-hand stories. You know, maybe if you guys could also take some time to also go back and watch that same documentary as well. You could see firsthand the emotional toll these people are going through. In fact, one of the women said to us, I look, We've not had access to a two-bar of yam in the last God knows when. You guys were able to bring us a truckload of food items. It's incredible. It's incredible, right? And just, okay, let me probably not go into that part yet. But basically, we chose the documentary part because we knew we could engage with people on an emotional level, visually, viscerally. People would engage in it. And we've been seeing the response, the engagement, the meetings, the calls we've been getting just because of that one documentary. Mm. I've watched some of the documentaries. I've I watched the documentary on the internally displaced persons in Benue State, and it was, it was definitely interesting to see what these people were going through and to see the impact that you made. The seemingly small changes or things that you brought to them that many people might not really see as a big deal were yeah. like huge deal to them and we're life-changing to them so i would recommend like anyone watch the documentary to just learn more about not only the work you do but the plight of these internally displaced persons so yes and how they can get involved as well we'll speak more about how people can get involved in your work and connect with you personally as well but i think on to my next question we've already established that you are sort of a a storyteller and you make use of storytelling to really drive the message of church on the street and my niger food bank forward and i know that you have a book it's not necessarily a novel but yeah it's it has sort of like tips on well no let me not let me not say what it's about i'll i'll like handle one i guess the invisible mic to you so you could tell us a bit more about about your book what led you to write it what your goal was with writing it and mm. thank you chizalu first of all you guys asked the best questions in the world so oh, for starters you. um you know if if the things i know now the things i currently do i learned on the job even before talking about going to do masters all those things i learned on the job and i thought to myself look 
book, there are people like myself, especially young people who have these incredible ideas. You don't want to know on a weekly basis how many clarity calls I jump on with people. Since I became an active user on LinkedIn, it feels like almost every other week, somebody wants to talk to me about their NGO and the things that they are doing, right? And I told myself, how do I, people kept asking me the same questions, mission, storytelling, funding, Um, how do you structure my organization? How do I position myself? How do I become self-sustaining? How do I institutionalize the work that I'm doing? All of this stuff put together. And I thought to myself, you know what, let me just sit down and write a book for these people. And, you know, I wrote the book in mind. I wrote the book to help, especially nonprofit startups, number one. Secondly, 100% of all the royalties that have come in from that book did not come to my account. It went to funding the educations of girls in, in schools wow. in Nigeria. As I speak to you, over nine girls have been beneficiaries of all the royalties that have come from that book sale. So it was not even just for my bank account. It was especially to help us get girls back into school, girls especially. So we killed two birds with one stone. We wrote a book to solve the problem for our non-profit leaders. We also found a way to, you know, fund the education of girls in schools today, you know. So, yeah, interesting story, Chizulu. You know, I had a dream that, look, in my lifetime, yes, I've been kicked out of school because of tuition, but in my lifetime, I would build a school that would fund the education of girls in school. And what happened, interestingly, is the fact that I met this incredible young man called Mr. Zan Oshobe, who's the founder of Clever Minds Foundation. And we partnered with them to build a school. They were in their early phase of still building and were able to come in to jump in on the project. As I speak to you now, they have a free school that holds 250 children in Worry Delta State. At the yeah. same time, they also have a STEM center in that school yeah. for to encourage science, technology, engineering, and math for girls in the school. So it's been an incredible privilege, really, to be able to go through this journey and be a blessing through the work that we do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's very admirable to hear that the profits from your book are going back into your work. So it really just shows that you really have a passion for ensuring that young girls, young children get access to a good education. So, yeah, I, I would. Oh, you didn't mention the name of your book. Please tell us like the name of your book, the title of your book and where people can get it. Yeah, so the name of my book is called The Secrets to Running a Successful Nonprofit Globally. Basically, it count, I think seven tips, basically, that how, what you need, what are the things you need to start a nonprofit. Many people think you need to have a lot of money. Many people think you need to even understand the problem you're even solving. Nope, nope. And many people also have a myth that, look, all you need is passion to start. Passion will get you started, but passion will not sustain the journey. So I was able to demystify and break it down in the most interesting way that even from one flight from Lagos to Benin or Lagos to Abuja, you'd have finished the whole book and your head would be boiling to go and change the world. So I wrote that book for those people. It's available on Seller. All my links are available on LinkedIn, Instagram. If you just click on my link, it will take you there. It's on, on Amazon and on Seller and just for $10, you know, probably you get a cup of coffee from Starbucks. It would help you and you'll be changing people's lives and you'll be changing the lives of girls. So mm. maybe you should think about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll also like put the link in our article and everywhere we, we can so that people can definitely get it. And I think it would be a good read for any young person who's a bit confused about how to run their non-profit, even if it's not registered, even if it's just an advocacy group, an impact project, just an informal organization that is trying to help you to definitely help you. And I guess it also answers the question about finances that many, I'm sure, people are afraid to like ask or figure or trying to figure out. So yeah, would highly recommend that you get the book. Please check it out and also help a girl with her education as well. So as Itofa said, killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So again, I've been following you on LinkedIn for a while now. I don't know how long, but for a bit. And even like speaking to you now, I see that you are a very skilled like orator, that you speak really well. And you've also been like a speaker, as you said, on multiple platforms. Just recently, you were, I believe, at a TEDx event at your, at your old university. So my question is, how have you built your capacity in public speaking and do you have any tips for anyone listening on how they too can build their capacity in public speaking uh, okay all right great thank you yes i did speak at tedx it was a long time dream i had i remember in my undergraduate days at the university of benin every time i would tell myself look i'm a tedx speaker like mm -hmm. everybody knew every so when you finally have 
like it kind of felt like the whole world was happy for me because and this is an interesting thing um when the year started it was a part of my vision board and i had traveled to ireland and you know i felt like oh my gosh the year is already ending and i didn't get this dream you know and in october i was just you know somewhere in mcdonald's when i got the email and it was so thrilling and i look back in retrospect i realized that it's important that you don't play with the little opportunities that you have whether it's opportunity to speak in your church local church your university even just that ability to be able to host there are people who talk and there are people who speak there's a huge difference. People who speak, speak life into you. You leave them reflecting. People who talk, just dump a huge chunk of information. Um, There are two and there are things you need to learn like cadence of your voice learning inflection you know just ability to be able to enunciate all of these things collectively come together but what has helped me over the past is you know I I, I love to learn new stuff I love to know things people my age don't know right and so when I'm talking to you it kind of feels like somebody who's 40 something years old is talking to you and it's very intentional because I consume a lot of information I'm one of like my I'm incredible mentors is Felaju Rote you know or had the incredible gift of just being able to work on that him and just even listening to him and gaining to him and it's one of those people who have inspired me and there are tools and books that i've read you have dale carnegie's public speaking book you can get it for like 600 naira from any bookstore we can watch um there are talks on stanford university youtube channel on how to communicate it's very important chizuru communication is a, is an important skill in the future of works it's non-negotiable like we just don't want you to be able to talk can you communicate can you clearly yeah. give us your idea in a way that we, you you would leave us gobsmacked it's very important so for anybody who's listening to me you're running a non-profit you think it's for people who want to be a public speaker it's a lie you need it in the, in the coming economy you need it just that ability to be able to, to communicate your ideas you know talk to people convince people sell pitch it's you need it so please for every young person who's listening to me you're a social entrepreneur you're just even if working in the for-profit sector it's important that you're able to crystallize your thoughts and sell those ideas that builds a bridge between yourself and whoever is listening to you that would convincingly want to buy into the your vision or the idea you currently have so yeah yeah you know what you said about putting yourself out there and putting yourself in positions where you want to speak even if it's in your church if it's in school it's really important because like a few years ago i was just like in another interview i did with like a younger a young impact person i was speaking to her and i told her that as like for a long time i was very shy and i hardly spoke in public i could speak if i wanted to but it was pretty daunting for me and it wasn't until i was forced into a position where i had to speak and i constantly like had to put myself out there to speak that i got better and you know humble flex but i went for like a model un conference once and it was still in my phase where i was still a bit shy and i like i put my name up to speak in front of like over 10,000 or so students and i was able to do it and that was just because i had practiced you know speaking to people is practice and it's not something that could happen overnight maybe some people could have like the ability to speak in front of a large audience overnight that's them but like it's not the same for everybody else so definitely speaking and practicing putting yourself in positions where you have to speak i think is a very good tip for anyone who wants to build their capacity in, pub in public speaking and as you said it is a very important skill to have no matter like what sector you're in and again going back to like our viewers who are mostly like youth who are in the impact space it's a very good tool to have as a young impact founder or impact project founder because you even if you're not speaking to like a board a, bo a group of like board members or trustees or whatnot even just speaking to like someone who you'd like to volunteer with you to sell your idea to them like having public speaking skills is important so yeah thank you very much for those tips it I'm moving on to my next question you know you've spoken about change about your your background and your journey and how you've come to where you are now but what do you think or how rather how do you think people can create change themselves in their community in their communities mm -hmm. well, that's a very profound question how can people create change in their communities i feel like you see change it's changes it's first of all inherent mm -hmm. or it's intrinsic before it becomes extrinsic right mm -hmm. so it starts first of all with self what you call your self-image it starts with self-concept so do you even believe that you can stir a ripple effect that will lead to change in your community there's what you call there's a psychological phenomenon called the pygmalion or the resoteric effect that talks about how um the reason people behave the way they do is because they think about that in a certain way right that's like whole different subjects right so first of all for change to happen you need to first of all believe that you are changing itself 
So I tell my friends every single time, if you take me to Afghanistan today, if you take me to China tomorrow, if you take me to South Africa tomorrow, the effect you're getting in Nigeria is the same effect you'll get wherever you take me to. Why? Because it's not church industry that makes me. I am the change. I am living, breathing church industry. I am leading, breathing my Nigerian food bank. Mm-hmm. So before anybody even starts to talk about leading changes, understanding that you're changing yourself. So mm-hmm. whether you go to China tomorrow, you must have to hold that self-concept that you have value to bring to the table all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially people who are born in Nigeria, who are born in the global south. In narratology has been sold to us that we're disadvantaged, yeah. that we're disempowered, that we can't do so much like the people who are were born in the west or in, in the south. But I'm here to tell you today that, look, there are the likes of Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie who have done it. There, there, there are a ton of people who have done it. So I, Ito Fiverr, I'm a living change. I'm a global asset. I'm a global solution. So wherever you take me to, you'll get that effect. And because I think, breathe and live that way, everywhere I go, I begin to think, what solution can I bring to the table? What's my business with having a dream to build a food bank? People are building Fortune 500 companies, S&P 250 companies. Why am I going to do a food bank? Because I believe that, look, if I could bridge this gap in Nigeria, there's so many kids that can become medical doctors. There's so many people that could become music artists. There are so many people who can do incredible stuff that will topple industries and disrupt certain status quo in their economies because education is a powerful tool. So back to your question, change first is a self-concept. You need to believe that you are a change. And then find those things that are pain points for you, pain inflection points for you, and begin to find it, study it, understand it, and then begin to take corresponding action. I can preach from now till tomorrow if you don't take action, Chizulu, Atoshi, if you don't take action, and anybody who's listening wherever part of the world you're in, if you don't take action, nothing will happen. So everything I've said was corresponding action to that problem, and you're going to be a world leader. Thank you very much for that. You know, I think you also answered the second question I was going to ask, which was, what does change mean to you? You know, Kuraria in my language, Isoko means change. And it was created to show people specifically young people that they could create change with their small actions even just telling educating someone on a topic or deciding that okay you're going to pick up litter in your community that is change and i i love the angle that you've brought in about how change is a self-concept and you have to believe that you are change and you can bring change and you can bring value so thank you very much for that for answering both my questions i guess (laughs) for that and for the call that you've given to like young people to also take up this mantle to believe that they can impact people impact their communities and yeah thank you <laughs> thank you again <laughs> and oh i see that like if i i feel like you've even answered sort of my third question as well which was like what is what do you believe is like sort of a quote-unquote winning formula for a young person who wants to make change but i guess i could summarize it and of course if you have anything to add please do but i could summarize it as you saying that it was it's by believing that you can make change and you have value to bring and it's by taking action but do you have anything else to add to that question or to that yeah so i i just you know in a nutshell like just everything you said is pretty correct i think it starts with self-concept corresponding action and then just first of all is that belief system it's that belief because right if you tell me to talk i'll keep going back to the belief system because she's i give you a check of ten thousand dollars now i say what are you passionate about you want to be able to amplify the work of young people doing incredible stuff because you want other people to catch that ripple effect what you're passionate about and you believe you can do it and yourself and Atoshi you guys are going with the work right so if I give you $10,000 what would happen is that you would amplify the work you're currently doing so you probably get some gadgets you get some tools you probably even start a studio maybe blow up a YouTube channel have like a whole blown up set so that you can make the work more qualitative and you know more engaging right now somebody else like oh, well I, you know uh, okay here's $10,000 go and lead change in your community and they will not be able to put their hands on anything concrete so it goes back to the first point you want to be able to have um a strong firm foundation that look i can change the world it's in me it's inherent in me mm-hmm. i'm not a victim i'm not subservient i'm an asset to the, that's how i think that's just how my mind works i'm an asset to the nigerian economy mm-hmm. if you remove me and you take me to america tomorrow bro you guys have lost something so mm-hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i love that and it goes back again to one of the points that you said like when answering one of our other questions about making sure you know your cause and it's also like making sure you know your why 
why making sure you understand that you have something to bring to the table so yeah thank you again for for that beautiful point but now let's talk about you again <laughs> so we've spoken about you we spoke about church on the streets about any advice you have for young people who are taking it back yes. to you again uh, do you uh, do you have any future plans that you'd want to tell us first of all about oh, your yes. organizations church on the streets and my niger food bank and then future plans for itofa ivara that we can watch out for oh great thank you very much first of all Chizu, for having me really really soon a great rich uh, conversation um future plans for church in the street our dream in the future is to be able to build a child care center so we have a dream um maybe in five seven years by the grace of god to be, to be able to build one of nigeria's first child care center so imagine you imagine a child care center that has what you call like a library we have a kitchenette we have a um, inside we have like places where we could take children from rural communities and they could come and you know we have a library in, in the child care center we have like a grocery um spot like a food pantry inside the child care center we have like a clinic in the child care center we have like pools and play areas and we also have like counseling booths in the child care center the idea is we want to be able to be that contact point where children from rural communities who do not have any type of opportunity we want to be that organization that opens them up to know that look it is possible imagine picking a child from Makoko community today i don't know what part of nigeria you're in or even if you're in nigeria at all picking a child from Makoko community and taking that child to fly Qatar airways all the way to doha in qatar do you know what you've done to that child traveling is a form of education you've expanded the creative imagination of that child that child will begin to believe that look look there's a life beyond nigeria i flew in an airplane there's so much in front of me what you've done is that you've stretched the imagination of that child the elastic limit of that child and our dream is to be that organization that can give children in rural communities those opportunities with our child care center of course we we'll continue to build schools partner with schools continue to build stem centers across nigeria local global partnership as we continue with my Niger food bank we're also going to be adopting more schools into our school meal plan eventually be able to blow the scale of we're just one of them up to a year my Niger food bank um so we're able to blow the scale of what we're doing and you know we maybe with investment have like these huge kitchens that can serve a lot of people have more mobile food trucks that can send food to communities then start like an after school club where we want to be able to promote numerous and literacy for children you know kids can come and learn things about leadership you know and all that kind of stuff that's the vision and the dream for the future maybe three five years by the grace of god and then for me personally i just recently got selected you guys are hearing it for the first time selected for chevening so i have my interview in a couple of days um, yes thank, thank you very much i have my interview in a couple of days so just go and tell them my journey my story my dream and trusting that god that will get selected in the eventual phase that means i'm going to be moving on to go and finish up my master's finish up my master's in international development and be able to come back to nigeria and blow the work we're doing by the grace of god in the future i may run for president in nigeria yeah. uh maybe now that 12 eight years stories mm -hmm. and definitely working with the united nations as a un envoy to work on like global policy reforms and policy advocacy and ethical policy design as well for uh for nigeria so yeah mm -hmm. i love that big plans big plans and we're so excited that we've played a small in that journey and congratulations yes 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 <laughs> congratulations on shevning that's very exciting wishing you the best of luck in your interview thank you very you much you get like thank you very much outcome that you hope for and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see like the work that you do personally and of course the work that you do through um church on the street and my niger food bank but before we we close we we just have a few questions before we end this great conversation that i've personally been having and i hope that people listening have enjoyed this conversation and learned a, a thing or two through this conversation as well but my next question is how can people support church on the street and my niger food bank yeah. how can people connect with you personally yeah. okay great so we have we have it on, on instagram on linkedin we're on um, on facebook so you could just just google ito firevara if you google ito firevara it will lead you to everything that concerns my life i-t-o-f-a-i-v-a-r-h just google me um you would find me and then we church on the street how you could be a part of the work we have people from all over the world who are reaching out to one volunteer who, are, who want to even come down to nigeria to volunteer in the communities that we serve that's one option um we open our volunteer uh, window twice a year i think june and november um that's one way you could also support us by connecting us to partners if you are an organization who currently have their csr focused on education or focused on girl child empowerment or even giving business grants to female entrepreneurs especially locals we are your very good fit to partner with we manage our food bank as well if you're like a, a, a consumable organization you produce like perishable items 
please we'll be very happy to take your items to schools to give to children i would love that and then and as individuals as well we want money 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 <laughs> because with more money we can touch more people right with more money in fact right now we're currently working on a, on a pet project for my Niger food bank where we're going to schools in abuja a couple of weeks by the grace of god so you could support us by funding we have on just on our website we have a pay stack account that you could give to that if you want to get the nigerian account directly we'll be happy to send you just send us a message on instagram on linkedin on twitter we'll be sure to respond to you so it's church on the street ng on twitter it's church on the street ng on instagram it's church on the street international on facebook it's church on the street ng on linkedin so you can find us there and it will be one of the best experience you've ever had whether it's volunteering with us supporting us or just connecting us to somebody who probably has the resource to be a part of the work we're doing it will mean a lot so i just want to say thank you so much to you guys for doing an incredible work i really can't wait for the rest of the world to see the incredible things you guys are doing and more people to just be part of this amazing beautiful work you guys have got going thank you itofa thank you so much please feel free to check out and connect with itofa check out their website churchonthestreet.org so you can learn more about the work that they do and yeah i, I mean i followed you and i follow your organization on linkedin and i also know your website and i would definitely of course Area would always be a supporter in any way we can of your work and yeah our last question we've come to the end of the interview no i don't want it to end no but it, has to, it has to you know like people listening we could always do a part two in the future <laughs> maybe when yeah, you start right. your master's we'd love to speak to you more about how work has progressed and yeah. like, of course you're always a part of the career family now I, I don't think like there's any escaping right now <laughs> everyone uh. <laughs> interviewed is a part of us and we try to support them in any way we can but alas we have come to the end of the interview our final question which we ask all our guests it is a constant if, if all the other questions change this question isn't changing and the question is what are your top three recommendations now your recommendation could be anything at all it could be a quote it could be a book a website a podcast someone you think so- we should follow a show a movie anything just anything that yes. you're enjoying yeah. right now that you'd like to share with our audience okay great so i'm going to start with or probably just three things yeah so yeah. everybody has to read start with why by simon sinek mm-hmm. start with why by simon sinek it's a book i would recommend to everybody especially if you're young in this age of information dementia you want to be able to read start with why by simon sinek mm-hmm. um i would also what else what else what? <laughs> please watch TED. TED talks are very important TED talks are very very important like watch TED talks it would it would it would alter your paradigm your thought paradigm right in a world where everybody's thinking linear you could think in multiple folds and multiple expression that you could question things right mm-hmm. that's second thing I'm going to recommend and then finally you need to learn how to harness and build relationships I promise you, you it's a skill you must have you must know how to build relationship across board so I would recommend you read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie Mm-hmm. It's a it's an incredible book. How to win friends, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Start with Why by Simon Sinek and go and watch a lot of TED Talks. Just find whatever interests you and just listen to these people share very thought provoking perspective perspectives to life that would really shape you. And you know that's my signing out. Yeah, nice. Thank you so much. I've actually read How to Win Friends and Influence People, so I also recommend it. But please, is there anywhere that we could watch your TED Talk? Okay, okay. So officially, my TED Talk hasn't been published on the TEDx. Um, website yet or TEDx YouTube channel but when it's ready ah we're going to blow it up (laughs) (laughs) I love that well we've come to the end of the interview thank you again Itofa for speaking with us and yes we hope that we wish you all the best in everything you do and thank you so much you need to create impact thank you very much Atoshi Chizuru thank you guys thank you hello again I hope you enjoyed today's episode if you'd like to learn more about Kuraria, you could check out our website at www.kuraria.com and you could follow us on our social media at ma.kuraria. At Kuraria, we're focused on ensuring that we educate and empower young people to create impact and change in their communities. If you'd like to learn more about impact stories of other young people, who are creating change in their communities, you could check out our previous episodes as well as season one of the Career Area podcast. Thank you for listening.